ain't no money in poetry That's what sets a poet free I've had all the freedom I can stand You got your cold dog soup and rainbow pie All it takes to get me by Fool my belly till the day I die Cold dog soup and rainbow pie Hey, Shawnee. Yes, sir. Could I interest you on a trip? Sold. To an Sold. island paradise. <laughs> island paradise. Private villa. All the Instagram hotties you can shake a click at. <laughs> and it's only $16,000. I'm in. Did I mention some 41's going to be oh, there? Was some 41 on the list? I don't know. I, I don't think so. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Cold oh Dog God. Soup Presents. That's disgusting. And um, I typically hate to uh, get on this microphone and talk about the uh, the topic of the day, the thing that everybody's buzzing about, because I feel like, you know, that's already been done. But I just watched the Netflix version of the Fire Festival uh, documentary, uh, Sean, the media connoisseur and consumer that he is has watched both of the fire festival they call me streamy majors they do call you streamy majors shawnee give the people a quick recap of what the fire festival was fire festival was a <clears throat> an attempted uh festival a la coachella it's very successful i thought what's <laughs> it was an attempted festival a la coachella etc um Burning Money. <laughs> Burning Man, uh, uh, uh Whatever the one in, in Manchester. Uh, Bonnaroo, yeah. Um, <laughs> and uh, it was uh, supposed to happen in the Bahamas. It was uh, being put on by a 27 at the time, I believe. A 26-year-old entre- entrepreneur. Uh, entitled white millennial from New York City. Um, I imagine that didn't earn a penny that he had. Uh Probably not. <laughs> Can't imagine that he did. And uh, it basically all went to shit. Um, and not only was it a an honest attempt to put together a, a, a festival that, you know, that just didn't pan out. And, oh, man, you tried your best, but you're just not good at this. Uh, legitimately illegal criminal activity. Um, people could have died at it. Uh, it happened in April of 2017, and I believe the idea was cooked up four months before that. Uh, so the idea was cooked up uh, St. Patrick's Day, yeah. 2017. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we should do it. I remember hearing about this when it happened, mm-hmm. but it just didn't, you know, it was just felt like another thing. Um, I didn't really realize the scope yeah. of it. Um, and the thing that I remember standing out that I couldn't, that really just kind of disconnected me from it was they kept telling me Ja Rule was doing something. (laughs) And I just couldn't understand why in 2017 Ja Rule was doing anything. So, because he had been, he was a, he was a confirmed wankster at that point. (laughs) Well, Ja Rule was kind of, he was kind of a joke and, uh, he was kind of a joke for, he has been a joke for a while. Uh, that being said, I'm always going to listen to, um, uh, put it on me. Uh, I'm always going to listen to the uh, I'm Real remix. 
um <laughs> you know the white guy jive rule songs um but yeah so what you missed in the hulu documentary is they do cut to when they first mentioned ja rule one of the guys from fire media was like wait ja rule isn't he isn't he kind of a joke and then it cuts to the dave Chappelle 911 <laughs> bit where he's like oh man like i i remember like 911 happened and and then i turned on bet and ja 106 and park uh ja rule they're talking to ja rule about 911 <laughs> and it's like you know he's the last person we want to comment on anything let alone be the face of of 911 <laughs> the black face of 911 and that's what all right so here's what go ahead <laughs> here's what we're going to do Let's talk first about the documentaries themselves. Sure. Um, what stood out to us? What was super funny? Who was the most punchable? Sure. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, then let's talk about. Um, then let's talk about Fire Media itself. Yes. Um, and then let's round it out by talking about this fucking lineup that would have been. Oh my god! Can I can I just hit one thing from what you listed no, last? Sorry, I've really got this agenda. Oh my so god! Okay, well, buddy. But go, ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. But go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no. I'll save it. I'll save it. So the documentaries you've seen you just you watched the Netflix one. I have watched the Netflix yes, one like an hour ago. So I'm I'm it's fresh. One point seven times in the past two days. Um, and I think I watched the Hulu one when it first premiered. And then again today after we decided we were doing this. Um, so I prefer the Hulu documentary for two reasons. One is because it's meaner toward Billy McFarland, the CEO mm-hmm. of fire media, the guy who put on this festival, et cetera, et cetera. Um, also what we find out at the end of Hulu is, do, do you know what fuck Jerry is? Yeah, okay. yeah. I only know it from you and your stupid iPad from the time that you were clicking all those cookies, <laughs> and then you stopped sh- clicking cookies to show me Fat Jewish and Fuck Jerry. So Fuck Jerry and Fat Jewish are two uh, giant Instagram accounts. I think Fat Jerry, Fuck Jerry has like 14 million uh, followers on Instagram, um, and those two uh, were the among the first accounts on Instagram that would basically... <laughs> I'm sure they made their own memes, but in large majority, they would steal memes from other people. They'd see something funny on the internet, take a screenshot on their phone, uh, crop out the, <laughs> the the whatever watermarks the, or from the name who originally posted it, etc. Put it on as, as their own. People would share it. Um, fast forward to 2017, 2018, they're charging thirty to fifty thousand dollars each for a sponsored post on Instagram. Um, they've turned into a marketing agency. Um, if you don't know the name, you know the the their avatar on Instagram. It's that weird, like pur- purple, uh, green, and white. Logo. Yeah, yeah. The, on, on, on the like waxy <laughs> paper cup things. So, yeah. um, on who fuck Jerry was a marketing uh, agency, the main marketing agency in charge of promoting the Fire Festival, hired by Billy McFarland and Fire Media, and they their hands aren't clean in it. Um, they are named in several lawsuits that are still pending because of this. The Hulu documentary uh, 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 details all this. The Netflix one does not because it was produced by Fuck Jerry. <laughs> by Fuck Jerry. Um, that absolutely. That is not to say that the Netflix one is not good and doesn't do some things better than the Hulu one does. 
Yeah, I don't know. I can't speak to the to the Hulu one, but I tell you what I did like about the Netflix one was they really did just point the camera and let yeah. it tell the story. Yeah. I got to make my determinations. I didn't feel like they were they were feeding me a particular obviously every documentary has a particular narrative they are ultimately cropping together to make into the yeah. film. But it was not as it was not very overt. Um, and I did like that because I just got to sit back and enjoy and and not and I didn't I didn't have to get mad at the documentary itself, which is what kept me, which made me take so long to watch it because I just assumed I would figure out some way to get mad at the documentary, and I never really did. Yeah. Um, but I thought they pointed the camera well and just let everyone in there um, make themselves look like an idiot. Um, how many marks were in your do- in the Hulu documentary? Because there's a lot of marks um, in this fucking Marks is in first names or Mark is in uh, Mark S. Edward? I'll let you be the judge on that. But no, Mark is in a first name because um, um, there seemed to be every other person was not. I don't Mark. know about Mark, but I can tell you that in the uh, <laughs> in the fucking Netflix documentary, there is a <laughs> young man named M. David. M. David. Uh, his name is M. D. A. V. I. D. There's no space between M and D. M. David. And he looks like an M. David. If I've ever seen an M. David, it was like him. I've known. Um, I, I I know a person named O'Shannon. O apostrophe Shannon. She's very Irish. <laughs> let's let's give her a pass on that. <laughs> this is tr- a trillion times more ridiculous. M. David. So Kylie Jenner is mentioned in, in in the documentary that she got two hundred and fifty thousand dollars, and it was a steal to post a steal of yeah. a deal to post about. The fire festival to post this this single uh, orange t- uh, tile. Well, about fire so Fest. she was paid to post a. Uh, I'm sure she was also paid to post the orange tile, but uh, she was originally paid to post um, an additional one. It was one post for two hundred fifty thousand dollars. What bothered me the most about that situation, not necessarily two hundred fifty thousand dollar price tag, but. The fact that she didn't have to graphically design her own post really bugs me. <laughs> no, she did. She had to do none of the You know she's done. not on Pick did, Monkey. She did not. Like, <laughs> she did not go to DeFont one time <laughs> to try to find the font they used on the original Westworld poster because she thought it would be so cool to use. She didn't have to do any of that. Oh my god. Um I, I so I definitely enjoyed my documentary. Um I did not find one person in the documentary to be sympathetic, save for, the, of course, the uh, slave labor they employed in the Bahamas to build these things, who will never see a penny of this, who didn't have a lawyer uh, to go to go contact about how they were mistreated, who didn't get to sue anybody, just got left holding a literal bag of tents and wood um, that they had built in the hot sun in the summer. Um, in the Bahamas to put to put together the stage and the housing and all this for a festival that never came to fruition. Um, they were the only sympathetic figures in this. Everybody else is at fault. I don't give a shit if you swept the fucking floor at the fire media <laughs> office. You are complicit in this shit. Yeah, there's that being said, who's the most punchable for you? Uh, let's take my man. Let's take that. What's the big what's the big dick's name? David Billy McFarlane. Billy McFarlane. Let's take Billy. I mean, clearly, he is the most punchable. Yeah. 
take let's let's put him to the side. We know we're gonna we're gonna put him over guy. here. We know that's the main event. Punching that guy. Who do you want to punch for your appetizer? Oh God! I mean, Jaw Rule probably. I mean, Jaw is way down on my list of punchable people. I just um, there there are so many so many people for this for these crimes. Now Jaw can be punched for many other sure. crimes. But for these specific Baby girl crimes. put it on me. <laughs> uh, always on time. That was the other song I was trying to think of. Uh, gosh. Um, uh, there are a couple of female influencers that ha- are not faces. Obviously not faces because they're very beautiful. But personality-wise, I want to punch their personalities yeah. in the face. Yeah. Like yeah. I want to, I want to throw ketchup on their dress. There's, there's, there's one girl who, uh, I think it's in the like. I just watched these back to back, so it's it's hard for me. But I, I, they're, they're I, I think in the Netflix one, there is a there is a woman, a blonde woman, who says, uh, "Influencers really put themselves out there and sacrifice a lot for humanity <laughs> because they share so much about their lives." Yeah, they, I mean, they do. They really do. <laughs> I mean, think about the work of uh, Wo Vicky, Laguchi Tay. Think about the work of Bad Baby. Oh. Think about what those poor girls have gone through um, to be influencers. I got to tell you, number one, I, I might want to punch this guy more than I do Billy McFarlane. Um, I believe his name was Grant. He was like the second in charge of yeah the, yeah, 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 yeah. Of the I, media. yeah I agree agreed 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 and yeah. at one point early in the documentary he is holding two phones in his hand on social media on both and he says why is nobody tagging us yeah this shit? yeah they really need to be tagging us that that's dude the one needs to be punched hard so hard he, uh, in the Hulu documentary you find out that. He got hooked up with Billy for the uh, credit card scam that he ran before this, uh, <laughs> before the Fire Festival and Fire Media. That Grant, what I assume his name is Grant, uh, called uh, called him up, screaming at him, saying, "Here are all the things you're doing wrong." And Billy was like, "Okay, well, come on, come you work for us and fix it." You're them. hired. Yeah. <laughs> God. Like in a movie. Oh man! That no one. Yes, it, it is all like in a movie. Um, so, to for those who have not seen the documentary or have much busier schedules that would not allow <laughs> them to spend an hour and a half with this ridiculous nonsense, who have come to our lovely spend shop an hour and a half with us served up. <laughs> spend a little time with us. We'll give. It, we'll get you through it. So, essentially, um, some jackass had one scheme that he put together worked right. It was a credit card for millennials. Also the word millennial is thrown around way too much, way too yeah, much, I agree. but it, 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 we'll get, we'll get to, I'll, we'll get, I got a lot. I'll probably want to say about that. We'll get to that sure. later on. Um, but so these cats make a, have a credit card. And the idea behind this credit card is you can get a lot of perks with it. You can get a lot of VIP seats. You can get a lot of tickets. You can't, you can get a lot of meet and greets with celebrities. If you use this credit card, all scams and flams, <laughs> my scammy flammy baby. <laughs> Ultimately, uh, Billy McFarlane. I hope I'm saying his last. Is it McFarlane? Yeah, Please tell McFarlane. me his last name. Okay, Billy McFarlane wants to book Ja Rule for something, and over the course of booking Ja Rule, he encounters some shady characters. And, and ultimately, I'm sorry. May I? I have to pause because I get in there. I wrote down rewatching this Netflix one. 
Do you remember what the first shady character's name was that Billy McFarlane encountered? It's like Grundle or... or the, the, the second shady character's name was Gunner, Gunner who I assume right. is like a Nelson brother. But before <laughs> him, Reggie Muscles. It was Reggie Muscles. Reggie Muscles wanted $500 to produce Reggie Jaru. Muscles is a character um, <laughs> that Matt Hankins makes up in a fucking fever dream. I'm here to tell you right now, I got $500 from Billy McFarlane because I am Reggie Muscles. I, I'm not going to lie. I'll pay $500 to book Reggie Muscles. Absolutely, I'd pay $500 to get Reggie Muscles on. Could you imagine the buzz you'd call if you said, hey, guess what? Tonight at my house, Reggie Muscles. Daft Punk is playing at my house. Bullshit. I got Reggie Muscles. Reggie Muscles. Worst case scenario, you're out $500. Best case, Reggie Muscles is the new Reggie Muscles. So what do you think Reg- Reggie Muscles acted? Oh God! <laughs> <sighs> For me, he's just uh, he's T from Trailer Park Boys. Sure. He's one of the Rock Pile. He shows up wearing a suit and a wave cap <laughs> with a chain on the outside of the suit. The suit is definitely larger, but guess what, folks? That suit ain't got no sleeves because you know why? Reggie Muscles <laughs> chunking that shit up. Reggie Muscles. <laughs> Oh my god! So sorry. Continue. Also, doesn't rap, sing, or anything. He's just Reggie. No, he's Muscles. just there, man. <laughs> he's just fucking there. He's he's like one of Action Bronson's homeboys oh, from uh, Fuck That's Delicious. <laughs> <laughs> so Reggie Muscles does not produce Ja no. Rule. He produces a man named Gunner who says for a thousand dollars, I will produce Ja Rule. Ultimately, Billy and Ja Rule get hooked up, and they concoct the idea. That um, you know, there's there's some space in the industry for uh, removing the middleman from booking celebrities for events. So Ja Rule uses his industry connections to put together a pool of talent. All those connections. And Billy McFarlane uses uh, a Wix or uh, Squarespace, or Squarespace to make a website. <laughs> To make a website where you can directly book these these artists, and before seemingly before they've ever even uh, concluded a single transaction where one artist has been booked for anything, nobody has gotten uh, Reggie Muscles, Gunner, Twenty One Savage. Nobody <laughs> has booked any of these guys before they decide that their big launch should be this fire festival that has all these artists. That they're going to put on in the Bahamas, and that's going to be their big launch party, essentially to get to get buzz out in the streets about how great fire is going to be. And that's fire, of course, guys, spelled F Y R E. Now, a break right there, Shawnee. You mentioned graphic design earlier. Um, do you think Kendall or Kylie Jenner <laughs> designed the fire fest, the fire uh, media logo? Because that thing's off. I assume that's just a um, that's just going to be the like graphic designer from fire media whoever that is kylie jenner yeah, right it's definitely kylie. that's who it is <laughs> or is it um i don't know reggie muscles <laughs> it fucking better be reggie muscles um but it is awful it is a terrible terrible design. it's not a good design i the only thing i i'm trying to be fair here being lazy about the comparison like the uber of booking doesn't sound like a bad idea if you are like if you make you know if you live in manhattan or la or miami or wherever 
and you make, you know, two and a half million dollars a year and you have like three kids that have bar mitzvahs coming up. Yep. yep. Or yep. a super sweet 16 birthday party. Like, you know, shit like that. Like that's, I mean, I don't know how sustainable that business model is because, uh, you know, how often do you actually like, what kind of fees do you get and et cetera, et cetera. And how often does that uh, connections made? Because if you are, I don't know. I imagine if you are somebody who is going to have the lack of pride to list yourself on the fucking app like this, then your jaw rule. <laughs> well, that's what like, you're not Beyonce. Like, my friend, Sean majors. One year for my birthday, went online, spent his money, and he got ECW wrestling superstar Raven to call me on my birthday. It still ranks as a top five birthday gift of my life. These services have existed, yeah. but whatever Fire, you know, Fire wanted to be this luxury thing where you could go book top selling acts. You could go book the Migos. To like come Iggy to your house Azalea is on. Like a screenshot <laughs> yeah. in the documentary. It play Fallout. Um, you could have the Migos come play Fallout with you. Um, and I get it that, that as, as crazy as it sounds to me, there would have been a market for it because these cats sold, you know, I don't know what the number was of tickets they sold for outlandish cost to come to the Bahamas um, through their, through the buzz they created. So there would have been an audience for it, but it would have always ended up going south because guess what, folks? If 21 Savage gets booked through an app and he gets a message on his phone that says, hey, 21 Savage, you're supposed to be in Fargo, Dakota tonight. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> 21 ain't going. No. He ain't going. So that is how this whole thing starts. They get a bunch of influencers, yeah. uh, which are just people with a lot of followers on mm -hmm. Instagram, um, to post about this thing. They do a photo shoot and they make it look incredible. They do do a great job of making this look yeah. like a luxury experience um, that you can tweet about and post about. You can do all these things on. And they had no experience getting this done. Right. And they tried to do it with no lead time. Yeah. Uh, uh, and they didn't even hire professionals until well into the process. Exactly. And they also, <clears throat> they also scheduled this in the during a time during the busy so they schedule this in uh exuma island which is basically the largest province in the bahamas and they their they, chief export is eczema <laughs> sorry they, they, <laughs> they ex eczema from exuma and they uh they schedule it during a time when there's this massive like regatta the fucking catalina wine yeah. mixers going on. and you know so there's no hotels booked or anything like that and it's basically an empty island that they originally pitched as being pablo escobar's old old island which i don't understand how that's a selling point well, so like the guy murdered no, a lot they, of people <laughs> look here dude i'm here to tell you right now i'm <laughs> let me step let me step out of the shadows and tell you if I'm going to Pablo's old island, that is a lot better than telling me I'm going to the island where there's a sandals down the brook. Sure, sure. I want to be on Pablo's sure. private island. But they fucked that up because they had allegedly negotiated a deal in which they could use Pablo's old island. But the one stipulation, Shawnee, was, hey, when you advertise don't this, don't tell anybody it's Pablo's old island. What's the first thing they hey, do? Man, it's Pablo's yeah, island. It's Pablo's island. <coughs> so they and so they have to move they have to literally go island hop, island hopping to find a new uh location for this thing within what two months yeah. of the date yeah um 
and it it's it is and i mean it's an they they pitch it as an a secluded island but it uh what the map that they give crops out like 80% of the actual island <laughs> so there's like other people who live on this place but it's like you know the beach is 5 miles away and stuff like that there's no infrastructure there's no you know toiletry there's there there's no there's no anything um and it's just like <sighs> Did you did you ever watch on HBO the Ricky Gervais show? A time or two. It was the cartoon uh, thing yeah, yeah, that basically yeah. they animated Ricky Gervais's podcast with Stephen Merchant and this guy named Carl Pilkington yes. that they just basically made fun of. He was one of their friends who was a producer for twenty years, radio producer for twenty years, and they made fun of him because he had all these stupid ideas and stuff. And and one of the one of the ideas like he. Whenever I'm watching, like, Billy McFarlane trying to, like, put this on, he has an idea, but he doesn't have any way to get to it. On an episode of uh, uh, Ricky Gervais show, Carl has an idea of a watch that tells you when it dies. Uh, t- uh, t- tells tell, tells you when you die. Tells you how long you have to live. So whether or not I live, I die of old age in fifty years, or I die of a bus crash tomorrow. It says either fifty years or twelve hours. And Ricky Gervais says, "Well, how does it work?" And Carl says, "Well, you just pop it on your wrist." So like, Billy doesn't know. Like he's like, "Well, okay, we want to put this on," and they're like, "Well, how does this work?" And he's like, "Well, we just put it on Instagram." That's how it works. Yeah. And what's so weird is he was right about the advertising portion. Yeah, sure. He was right. And, and that so and that gets to the bigger point that I think was my takeaway from this whole thing is this is where we are. Mm-hmm. Um, it was relatively easy for them to commit this crime. Get sponsorship to get to commit this crime. To, to a first of all, they had a lavish office in New York yep. with a bunch of big ass monitors. Like the monitors were so big. He had a hoverboard at the times when hoverboards were so hot, <laughs> so hot. He's riding around the office in a hoverboard. This dude was hot. He was one of them cats that would you know kind of wear a suit, but also not wear a suit. But then sometimes just show up in a t shirt and those weird jogging pants. He had everything. Um, <laughs> And all he had to do was say, yeah, Drake's coming. And everybody's like, what? Drake's coming? Well, I'm definitely going to be there. And he did. He sold the thing out. But it is what my my first takeaway was, any of these guys who whose picture hangs on the CEO of whoever you work for's mm-hmm. wall, you name, name one of them. All of them are this dude. Yeah. Some of them, some of them are smarter. Not to say that they're all idiots or criminals. I'm not painting them with that brush. But at the heart of them, they're this dude who's just like, no, 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 we should do this. And they go do it. And sometimes it works. But there's a lot more of them that never work. But there are always uh, so many people, so many smart-ass people who line up to follow these dudes because they are geniuses until they are experts. Yeah, exactly. And, I mean, Billy McFarlane is the kind of guy who I imagine just saw one too many of those, like, I mean, I don't want to call it a meme, but, you know, a graphic on Instagram of somebody, like, a quote from uh, Bill Gates that was like, you know, uh, those who never failed, never tried, or blah, 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 or whatever. Yes, you know, yes. like, uh, Steve Jobs never graduated from college. Like, Steve yep. Jobs got fired 26 times. And that's what, like, that's the kind of mindset. Hang in there. 
<laughs> that's the kind of mindset the iceberg where the it's, tip is above the like, i'm pretty sure they all have a tattoo of that frog that's being swallowed by that uh gull that's grabbing the throat of it as it's going you down you're monday that's bad. who these people are <laughs> <Oof>. um <laughs> no it's just like no better example was the guy oddly enough name was mark um his name was mark in the documentary and he worked for fire and he was um in charge of whatever he was in charge of and he mentions being at a meeting with music industry bigwigs and ja rule pitching this idea of putting on this music festival that he had nothing no clue of and they all laughed yeah. at him. They openly laughed at Ja Rule. They said, man, are you, first of all, guys, who invited Ja Rule here? Seriously. Second of all, somebody call 50 Cent. Tell him Ja Rule's <laughs> in here. That. And he's at the podium. They had beef. Third of all, why is Ja Rule wearing jogging pants and a tie? They, they're saying that. And then they're openly laughing and they at said him. said a lot of things. put on a music festival. <laughs> and then this Mark guy's like, I think I'm still on board. I'm still on board with this shit. Um, because they have flex schedules and uh, no, unlimited paid time off. Billy McFarley, uh, McFarlane reminds me of uh, Mr. Kruger from Seinfeld, George's boss. That was basically like, nah, I'm not worried about it. Yeah. Yeah. He was never worried about it. Uh, there's a part where I don't want to blow this pun intended. Um, but there's a part of this documentary that I won't mention, not because I don't want to, just because I want it to be a wonderful nugget for anybody who goes and watches this documentary, Sight Unseen. There is a wonderful part about water and Evian and trucks full of Evian. I'm just going to leave that out there for you to go. You have to see that part to fully understand oh. how buckwild bananas this shit Are was. you talking about... Uh, so y- you were going to ask me, are there any sympathetic characters other than the... Uh, Islanders yes, that yes, were yes, treated yes, as yes. slaves. The one sympathetic character is the guy who almost did the thing. Oh no 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 no, Shawnee! No 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 no. He might be the worst of all. Really? Of he referenced several times that he had a long career in doing the job that he was doing. This event planning. Mm-hmm. He mentioned that several times. I believe this dude to be a professional yeah sure and as a professional event producer for the for the rest of those nut jobs like i can i can call billy madison (laughs) a criminal i can call ja rule wankster i can call mark the yoga instructor gullible what i can't i don't i don't call i don't think of any of those guys other than billy the criminal and even him to a degree i don't i don't think of him as cunning or uh, manipulative. I just think he got away with being, he failed up so many times that he thought that's just how it operated. My man over here is a real life professional. Okay. He knew his trade. He was able to, as they stated, that a lot of the things that, that caused it to get as bad as it did was the crew he had around him, mainly led by this gentleman who we keep referencing, whose name is like Adam Best or Um, something like that. Yeah, but he's the he's like the head event coordinator that they bring in to, to help fix things. Um, they were able to solve these problems, and so that meant the ball kept because of down that. The hill. Then things really got bad. Yeah, he was so good that he could find a caterer at the last minute after they realized that they had six million dollars worth of catering bills, but they only budgeted a million. And fucking fucking Grant was upset because he told him he needed sushi chefs. It's like um, in a football game when you score too much time on the clock. 
<laughs> yes, exactly. So that dude was a professional. Okay. And also could have got in there out of there at any point in time. Yeah. But he was so caught up and swayed by the other thing is I I, I understand being caught up in the cult of personality that a charismatic leader can can get you sideways sure. sometimes. We've all been there. We've all Germany been there. Germany, nineteen thirty eight. Mm-hmm. 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 It's when we met. <laughs> A moonlit night <laughs> over two sausages. Snausages they were. Bring me actually. your funds. Um but uh but where was the personality of this Billy? Which I know I'm just judging him through this lens that the camera was pointed at. Or Filmed the, the, by his the, own the by his own employees. But what did he did you see anything in that guy that made you think this is a dude that would have got me? So in the in the Hulu documentary he actually sits down for an interview and they use bits about that throughout the, the interview. And he, he's very contrite. Um, and if you add that to the, um, several on camera interviews, uh, both before and after the fall, uh, where he, he is, he is an expert politician. He, he uses the, the buzzwords, the body language, the tone of voice, um, everything else that successful politicians use to get their point across both, you know, in damage control as well as, you know, trying to uh, uh, influence people. So I, I, I get it, especially if he's, I mean, in, in New York city, in, in big cities, in, in any kind of like marketing communications, consulting firm, whatever, I understand someone you think is a douchebag, but you also think, has the ability to convince other people to land contracts, etc. So they're all looking out for themselves. They're all saying, well, if I, I may not like, I may not agree with this guy, but I think he can convince other people. So I'm going to work for okay. him. All right. So, all so right. In, okay. I get it. Okay. That's no, that's a really good explanation because like, I hate the guy that he yeah, is he's a, in any he's scenario an like that, like that. And that is why I will never excel past a certain level in a corporation mm-hmm. because th- that's just philosophically i'm like no I, I i know bullshit when i see it and you that's you that's what you're doing if you use the word collectivize yeah. you're out you're yeah. out of here dude. synergy i know you i know canonical you too well. <laughs> um so he he's very contrite and there's this one there's this one uh part in the Hulu documentary where he claims the reason why people didn't have houses. So uh, just to explain to people what happened when once ticket buyers, basically like, you know, rich teenagers, 20 somethings, uh, got to the, would have felt better if it was rich teenagers. Shawnee would have felt a lot better (laughs) if there, yeah, that would have been been rich teenagers. (laughs) But once, once the ticket buyers got to the Island, they basically found a lot of FEMA tents with no beds in them. And they, uh, you know, basically all just kind of stood around until uh, Billy McFarland like stood up, uh, up on a table and said, just grab a tent, just go grab a tent, whatever. So people were like running around trying to like claim tents for themselves. Somebody found like a pallet of toilet paper. So they stole that. Somebody found, just people were like found where all the mattresses were stashed. So they were carrying those around. Um, in the Hulu documentary, McFarlane claims the reason why people didn't have the houses that they 
the tickets paid for was because they lost a box of keys to the cars that were going to take people to their actual houses. <laughs> and so, and the interviewer is, you know, behind the camera and he's, and he's basically saying, you know, I, I think that's a lie. And then Billy says, you know, point me out one reason. Show me one, one thing I've said today. That's been a lie. Show me anything. I'll wait. And then he puts his hand behind his head. And then the documentary basically like cuts to like four different things that he said in the same interview that were like, you know, <laughs> well, you know, we raised this much money. Incorrect. We raised this, you know. So, I mean, the guy, the guy's a con artist, like plain and simple. Um, and the thing is, uh, people fall for it all the time. And that's true. That is true. And, you know, this will... And I, I will probably be guilty of it if I haven't been already on this podcast of saying, oh, this is where we are today. Blah, blah, blah. Sure. You know, this is, but no, con artists are con artists. And you're exactly right. And that's that's exactly what this dude is. It's just so, I feel like, I feel like the, the, the old grifters back in the day, they used to be good at their, they, they, they had a little, a little panache to them. They had a little song and dance about them. This guy's just seemed like a lumber at yeah, all. Back in the day, 2015, 2016, I remember when a guy ran for president <laughs> and he, he had a panache to him. That caught our Well, I'm glad. I'm so glad you brought that up because I didn't know if I wanted to go there or not. But now that it's on the table, let's spend a minute on it. The 20 minutes into this documentary, when I'm seeing the people uh, reacting to the social media and, you know, buying these exuberant packages to go do this dumb thing i'm like oh that's how trump became president because these are the same people who will rile up on social media behind various causes but really and truly that is who they are in their hearts is the people that are see a, a an orange tile on instagram and then go to a stupid island for $15,000. And and then after they've paid the money to see to go to this island, and then they see all the stuff that says, ooh, this island might not be ready, then they get an email that says, hey, put some money on your wristband. Okay. Uh, 3000 Okay. Like, that is that is how. That is the disconnect that we, that we see between the youth that make a lot of noise. And it's not to say that some of these youth aren't truly motivated. I'm not. Sure. Ca- sure, this sure, is sure. not a net over all of them. But like the actual math, the actual numbers that makes that makes Jason Isbell sing, there must be more, uh, there can't be more of uh, them than us. There can't be yeah. more. Yeah, I believe there are, Jason. I believe there are more well, of them because the the math is misleading the to thing, us. The thing what's truly terrifying is with whether or not, you know, you're somebody who uh, – believe something that wasn't true that Donald Trump said or something that you believe that wasn't true that Bernie Sanders said or Hillary Clinton or Elizabeth Warren or, or anybody on the other, other side. Um, it is inherent in us to not admit when we're wrong and it legitimately takes getting on a fucking plane, going to an Island and seeing $0 of infrastructure and $2 million of alcohol to finally realize, all right, I'm going back to Westchester because we, I was wrong. Like that is the, that is what it takes now to, today to admit to ourselves that we're yes. wrong. Yes. But, but that's where the math discrepancy is. Um, 
it, it's just, it was just, I couldn't believe, I mean, I could believe it because I knew it happened, but like to see it unfold. So two times in my life, I've watched a documentary and I've come away as smug as I feel right now. And it was this one. And it was the Eagles documentary <laughs> because both of them just reinforced every stereotype I, I had the about the subjects of those documentaries. And at least with the Eagles, it was the Eagles telling the story. Um, it was their documentary, I'm just, I'm, and they were retorted like they were the. Heroes. I am going to write a note on this pad for when we do our podcasting getaway in two months uh, because we need more ideas for this show all the time. We need to talk about the Eagles because I, I really, I really don't like them. Like when any, when every song except for one comes on anywhere, I I get mad, but I think it's because I'm conditioned to, it's cool to hate the Eagles. And I will say, I don't know how to, I don't know how cool. Guilty pleasure. Number one, I legitimately think Hotel California is a good song. I'm not going to argue that. It, 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 it is a good song, but, you know, the, the problem with Hotel California is the same thing with Stairway to Heaven. It's good the first thousand times. <laughs> and then on thousandth and number one time, you're like, oh, God, not again. And that, so that's not their fault. And I'm not really here to blame the Eagles necessarily for uh, right. for some of their work. Some of it's terrible. But the Eagles themselves... Oh, God, it just blew through. Yes, we will definitely get into an Eagles conversation. Love it. Love it. So a couple more things I'd like to hit before we get out of this sure. one. Um, Shawnee, the baby. cheese sandwich. What would happen? You know, you're, you're, you're. Oh, God damn that cheese sandwich. <laughs> God damn that cheese sandwich looked so paltry. It was such a bad sandwich. It had honey mustard somewhere for some reason. I mean, there was a salad with it. Don't everybody acts like it was just a cheese sandwich? It had, a, it had, salad, a, it had a cheese sandwich, but it also had like it had two two full slices, and then for some reason, like six quarter slices stacked up all up on top of each other, <laughs> randomly. <laughs> because that's what happens when you find a caterer two weeks away from the event. It's a gourmet meal. <laughs> so. Imagine this, Shani. I know you've stepped away from the corporate world, um, but think back to your time when you worked in an office setting. And you came to work and you you got that dreaded email that said, uh-oh, boys, today at 3 o'clock we've got an all-hands conference call. Please, everybody, uh, come to conference room B or, you know, here's the link to dial into the conference, right? Yep. I'm sure you put yourself in that headspace, Shani. Your CEO's talking, and he's, he's telling you about some rough times at the company. The company's fallen on their face a little bit, and uh, he's explaining from his part. Um, he's not doing the best job, but he's, he's trying, and you, you feel like maybe he's being earnest. And then the next voice you hear on the phone explaining to you how you can turn <laughs> this around, you can spin this, is jaw fucking rule. How must they have felt? Who Who, like, look, I'm not going to lie to you. That pep talk that Ja Rule gives to the team is nothing that I would not have said myself. Maybe with a couple, maybe with fewer uh, F words. Fewer expletives, sure. Um, But like, uh, it doesn't, like, that's the thing, man. Every step of the way, if you're Ja Rule, like, you have not been relevant, legitimate, like, like, polite. 
politely, courteously. I'm doing him a favor by saying he hasn't been relevant since 2001. It's probably earlier than that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think you are giving him. I think you're throwing the old dog. And I'm just him. imagining like somebody who, who like, um, because you know that they probably like continued to hire people. Imagine being like, that's your like third day on the job. <laughs> imagine, um, imagine, imagine it's Labor Day weekend and it's like the you start the week after Labor Day and it's Thursday and job ja rules on the fucking phone and you and you whisper to like <laughs> your one coworker that you're cool with right now and you're really comfortable with. Hey, is that, is that, is that ja like rule? Ja rule? What the fuck? And that coworker is so tapped out. They're like, "Yeah, it's yeah, fucking, it's fucking ja, rule. ja Rule. I've been dealing Again. with this asshole for six months." He gives he gives the same speech every conference call. I'm so done with this guy. <laughs> Imagine that you've been reading all this stuff about Firefest and all that, and you're like, "Man, I really hope this doesn't this does. I really need this job. I've just graduated college. I've got all this debt. Um, I've heard so many great things about the CEO. He even took the time to interview me himself from the Bahamas. So I think everything's cool. It's just a little bad press. Can't wait to get hit the ground rolling. Man, look at the size of this monitor. This place is doing okay. Is that Ja Rule? I'm fucking out of here. Is that Ja Rule on the phone? Okay, this... Uh, I'm out of here like Dan Enos <sighs> with the Alabama football team. <laughs> Where the fuck is Dan? So, all right. So at the heart of this podcast, Shani, what we really are... What we, what the thing we dance around when it's just you and I talking is we're a music podcast. That's the tie that binds sure, us together. Yeah. Um, so let us talk about <laughs> the lineup. The thing, so past all the stuff we just said, past all the con artistry, past all the influencers, past all the, you know, millennial, the differences in millennials and the Gen Xers and the baby boom, past all of that, what drew the people there. Was a music. It was festival. the lineup. It was a music good music. Festival. Was the G O O D acronym music <laughs> initialism was was the is the Kanye West thing. Like it's not kind of Kanye West, but like if good music is the headlining artist at a festival, like you know that there's going to be somebody that you know is there. Yes. So, all right. Let's let let me let's look down at the. Let's look down at the uh, the head the opening acts first. I don't know a one of them, which that's not to say anything. You know, that's not necessarily my scene, but I kind of know. If I look down at the bottom of any poster, there's usually a band or two that I'd be like, oh, okay, I know who that is. I don't know a one of these guys. So, However, I will say this. Definitely would sign up to see Thug Fucker, no matter what they're doing. Yeah. We'll go see Thug Fucker side of Well, uh, I, I, I don't know what poster you're looking at, but that's actually Thug Fucker featuring Reggie Muscles. So, I'm Ooh. I'm doubly in. <laughs> I'm definitely in but, for Thug Fucker so, featuring Reggie this, Muscles. This is... I would, <laughs> what about Rancido? Would you go see Rancid mm. O? Which is a, which is, which I don't think you know it is. It's a mariachi cover band of Rancid. Oh, are you kidding me? Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. I cannot tell if you're serious. California has sunk. Banana Mills Estella Noche. Okay, right now you're doing Tom Waits covering a Rancido song, which, I, which I'm even more the, on board on. 
It's the guy we see at Target playing here in Alpharetta oh on Saturday. So <laughs> that's Rancido. So the beginning of the Hulu documentary, uh, or sorry, the beginning of the Netflix documentary legitimately looks like a found footage horror film. Like it, 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 it looks like the <laughs> intro of, um, oh God, there, there, there's, there's some Eli Roth produced thing, uh, on, a, on an island somewhere where like a brother is looking for a sister he hasn't spoken to in a couple years. And um, it's like the, the sacrament. I, I think it's sacrament. John Goodman's in it. Anyway, look it up. Um, the intro is, is very, is very similar to that. Um, I can see this turning. If like this turns into a horror film and major laser and Migos is there, like, that's that's a horror film i would watch that is a found Mm -hmm. footage horror film i would watch on netflix if this was all just a giant episode of (laughs) scooby-doo i'd be on board for it. they take off so um i mean 10 snakes there um jan blumquist which has a v in it for some reason so (laughs) the the shitty pop punk elephant in the room matthew (laughs) Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Before we get there, baby, hang on, hang on. So the the bold print headliners are Lay Youth, don't know them, Claptone, which again is an Eric Clapton band done electronically. Claptone. <laughs> Actually, no, it's a doo-wop. It's a doo-wop group that does Eric Clapton songs. Yeah. Hey, where are the Claptones? They clap. They clap. <laughs> they 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 clap um, out the solo to White Room. Oh, that's good. That's good. Uh, K. Trinata, I, I don't have a joke for that. Kill Grand, nope. Matoma, nope. Maya, all right. Skepta, all right. Now we get to Lil Yachty, Migos, Ray Sermon. Three hip-hop groups. I, I know what Migos is. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, oh, Migos. I, I've heard the name Lil Yachty. I don't know if that's a group or a dude. This one guy. Okay. Um, and Ray Sermon, who I'm sure I'm pronouncing wrong. Um, you've probably heard, uh, Black Beatles. I, I bet that's crossed your radar somewhere and you just didn't know. I've heard of the name, but yeah. Then a band called Disclosure. I do not know who that is. That is the actual, that's, that's the- just a, a house band doing the soundtrack to the Michael, uh, Douglas Demi Moore, uh, movie Disclosure <laughs> from night, from like 1994, the Michael Crichton book. The one that wasn't a, the one that wasn't about dinosaurs or gorillas, too bad, buddy. <laughs> then you said good music's the headliner, major laser, major laser, and then sitting there number three on the bill, number three with a bullet, I might add. Take off your pants and jacket, boys, because it's Blink One Eighty Two. Blink One Eighty Two, a band that formed. Um, I'm looking it up right now. I'm gonna guess in 1989. Okay, 92. A band that at the time in 97 was 20, 25 years old and hadn't had, <laughs> ba- broke broke up in 2005, got together in 2009. Wait, Blink-182 um, broke up? Had not had, had an album in, their last major album was in 2001. Or 2003, sorry. Um, does Blink-182 not... Are they not completely out of place in this entire lineup? Given the fact that I don't know anything about these bands down below, I don't know any of them that fit the Blink-182 mold. Um, And there seem to be several people who got on that plane 
just to see Blink-182. <laughs> so in the Netflix documentary, they do have a clip of Ron Funches <laughs> talking, making all the jokes I wanted to Talking make to Conan. Three years ago. <laughs> talking to Conan. Oh, God. Do you know how mad I got when I first saw Ron Funches stand up at first? I got mad for you. <laughs> I was like, that giggle should be a little, little lower. Um, he really is working my fucking gimmick. But man. <laughs> I mean, he's even like a huge wrestling fan. So, um, mm-hmm. so, uh, but there's a clip of like, you know, for anybody who, uh, like, you know, it's it's rich like white millennials paying, you know, tens of thousands of dollars to go see Blink Twenty Eighty Two in the Bahamas, like, you know. I, I I just don't know how much more perfect that gets. Um, but to show you the professionalism of Tom DeLonge and the boys, they were the first to they cancel. They were the first to cancel. Here. And then everybody. <laughs> so have we confirmed that zero bands actually showed up? Well, well um, the the one guy who, who felt bad about what he had done to everybody, he canceled the acts. Okay. Um, after the first day, after the first hell day on Hell Island, um, where everybody got eczema and rained on, um, he sent the email to his CEO saying, I don't care what the decision is, I'm canceling the band. I just imagine, I just imagine, like, uh, <laughs> let's say in a different dimension, like another, like some other, like, band that really needed this. Like Gil, like yes. Gil and the Simpsons, like like yes. like re- really oh, really Gil's needed this gig, but like Gil and the Ramblers finally get this gig. But like through. the email went to the trains bassist, and he didn't tell Pat Moynihan. So like, so 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 train gets there like April 29th. They're like, where the fuck are all these people? Why is why is there a, a swimming pig eating this dead this ribcage? So after seeing like the footage and everything and how like so if if I was on that plane and I got to the beach, um, if I showed up there, I would legitimately think that this was on purpose, like a government ran experience yep. to see how long yep. it takes for society to break down. It is a yep. like shock that no one died. Well, it's also a shock that no one walked to the Sandals Resort. <laughs> really was like five miles away like I, the island was a pretty it was as big as, like it was as it was it's as the largest island as nassau the, yeah 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 <laughs> it is there were they were having the fucking catalina wine mixer just across the bushes catalina wine mixer. so i figure i feel like there was some fun to be had no your wristband would not paid would not have paid for your uh drinks down at senior here's Frogs the thing though in eczema How, island. well you know People probably bought cards, but probably zero cash. Correct. It was a cashless experience. Mm-hmm. But they were they were rich enough to buy that dumbass package. They could have gotten some money. Went to Sandals. Yeah, Sandals was probably booked up pretty good. But hey, you're hanging out. You, Airbnbs were open um, <laughs> because they were supposed to have several of them. Um, so again, it's just woefully unprepared. It's the fact that one guy decided we didn't want to have neighbors in our tent, so we started destroying the tents around us. And oh, I like that. These were terrible people on Hell Island getting what they all deserve. I genuinely, you know, at the end of the day, I I genuinely, I genuinely believe that, like, if you and I were there, we probably would have immediately like formed into the most successful, like, well, a orgy. 
but be uh like 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 like, uh, like first like society been like come on man everybody come in like we're gonna pool our resources we're gonna do this you get the toilet paper you get the fucking booze like um you start telling people that this is your bag that they just randomly threw out of a, a the back of a truck um but i i think that the saddest thing the most embarrassing thing of to anybody whether it's the the guy who almost did that thing uh that you didn't want to spoil um billy mcfarland ja rule the yoga guy david or mark or mark or mark the most embarrassing thing is the 20 seconds of footage where ja rule and billy mcfarland are sitting at a table and they say it's magic bird baby yo billy tell him what magic bird is it's like well uh uh, the combination of Magic Johnson, Larry Bird, and they how they changed the NBA. I'm going to one-up you, Shawnee. I'm going to one-up you. I think the most embarrassing thing is when Ja Rule says, and that's where that famous toast was born. <laughs> oh, God, I hate that fucking... Oh, my... Oh, my God. We're going to change the way people think about young tech entrepreneurs and hip-hop moguls. You know who don't have problems... <laughs> Young tech entrepreneurs and hip hop moguls. That and hip hop moguls, which neither of you are. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, the the toast, the toast, that toast, dude. Just just <laughs> do the the shit that like when people always ask me to do a toast, I am people for some reason think I'm a good writer or think I'm creative. I'm not. I believe it was the one of the most brilliant women I have ever met. Julie Ferris told us, "You realize graduating." With this degree, guarantees you one thing: you will always make the speeches. <laughs> you will always give the toast. <laughs> I have, I have had to. Everybody always asks me to give toasts, and I just go. I, I keep it simple. I go to Big Trouble in Little China. I skip the first part, and I say, "May the wings of liberty never lose a feather." And people at, look at me like I just exposed the word of God to them. Ah. <laughs> oh. Well, Shawnee, buddy, I'd like to say that on this podcast tonight, we have fucked like porn stars. <laughs> this has been Cold Dog Soup Presents That's Disgusting. Big up to Delroy. Delroy.